Welcome to Secu Solutions High on Security, the podcast series where we cover topics from the boardroom to the cloud and all points in between. I'm Jim Kutnikoff, President and CEO and Founder of Secu Solutions. Today's podcast is all about phishing simulations and the role it plays in cybersecurity. We'll discuss the benefits it offers and how it can be used to significantly lower the probability of an attack on your organization. We will also discuss the pros and cons of a off-the-shelf or DIY phishing application versus a fully managed phishing simulation conducted by security professionals. Here with me today is SecuSolutions' own master fisher, I've affectionately nicknamed him Mr. Jules Aquino. Jules and his team are responsible for strategizing, launching, and managing our phishing simulations. Jules' team's goal is to get our customers to take the bait and click the skillfully developed and dangerously deceptive emails and landing pages that he and his team create. I'm very proud to have him on our team. Jules, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jim. How, how are you doing today? Um, great, great. Now that we're getting started, and I uh, can't wait to get this info out to the to the listeners. Thanks for, for joining us uh, today. Yeah, of course, and I appreciate for inviting me over. Not a problem. So, Jules, listen, perhaps I'll start off by explaining to our audience what a phishing simulation is. You know, that's a word that's thrown around uh, quite a bit. Uh, a lot of people don't clearly understand what it is or understand clearly what it is. And give that uh, definition, textbook definition. Here it comes. Phishing is the technique used to derive sensitive information for ill gain from an unsuspecting individual using email. It is designed to coerce a target user into divulging sensitive information that could be used in a real phishing attack. Data is collected and reports are produced that highlight user actions that may put the company or individual at risk of an attack. So that's a textbook description of a, of a phishing simulation. So Jules, I think it's safe to say that most people have heard the terms ransomware, spyware, and malware. These terms conjure up concerns about security and the potential ramifications of being hit by one of these. How can a phishing simulation help to address these fears? Uh, well, Jim, most of these harmful softwares, you know, like they need to have an entry point to get to your device. Phishing nowadays is not only used for harvesting credentials, but is but it is also one of the attack vectors used to deliver these harmful software. Um, the way that a phishing simulation can address these fears is that when we are conducting all these phishing simulations, we are looking to measure the reactions of the users that we are phishing. These reactions could be our emails being opened, a, a click on the link attached to the email, or users submitting their credentials. Based on the reactions we gather, we are then able to measure the level of awareness of the, the end user because if every single employee of the company is clicking these emails or submitting their data, that this is an issue that needs to be addressed, right? Um, from here on, we can then slide in our security awareness training, which will further educate the users and further enforce the awareness of the dangers of phishing. Right, right. Very good. Yeah, so I see the value there. We see it all the time. Um, it seems like, you know, maybe to some it's unnecessary, but really it's the only way to have a true litmus test of how people are reacting to phishing emails uh, that are coming in. Otherwise, you would never know, right? So let's yeah. move on to number two. According to statistics, ransomware attacks via phishing emails is still ranking at the top of the list, and it is predicted to rise even higher. Why is this happening? Um, that's simply because, you know, 
cyber criminals tend to find the weakest link of the company. And, and most times these weakest link could be one of the employees of that company, right? So sending these ransomware attacks through phishing will then widen that net to capture these weak links because when sending these phishing emails, you're not only sending one or two. Majority of the time, these cyber criminals are sending hundreds, if not thousands of phishing emails, and it only takes one to cause millions of dollars worth of damages. Oh, that's right? a great so, point. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And and according to Forbes cybersecurity statistics, 57% of phishing and other social engineering attacks target small to medium businesses. And only 30% of those small to medium businesses really consider phishing as a big cyber threat. Right. right. And on the side topic, I would say because of these statistics, we know really well why that's happening. You know, it's just quite frankly that a lot of the smaller companies are not prepared, right? They don't have the the budget. They don't have the budget for the certified security person that's ready to jump to the pump if there's an issue. Um, they likely don't have any formal training uh, in place. So that's why the, uh, the hackers target those uh, small businesses. So unfortunate, but uh, a true stat. So number three. There are some significant advantages being made in phishing detection. These technologies can be used to reduce the probability of a phishing email reaching its intended target. Can it stop all phishing emails? Yes or no? And please explain. Yes and no. Uh, despite how dependent these technologies are, we must you know, keep in mind that they also have limitations. And these limitations could be either man or machine. Um, now, cyber criminals can leverage these limitations and use it against a company. Um, these limitations can be simple as a change up of keywords or manipulating, for example, the X header of an email, right? Mm-hmm. There, there are a lot more limitations out there and a skilled and motivated hacker will be able to leverage these limitations and use it to their advantage. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, cat and mouse, right? Uh, Cops exactly. and robbers, so to speak, yeah. you know, as long as, as once the, you know, the methodology or something that's been used has been detected, they'll likely have another one or two up their sleeve ready to, to launch, right? This kind of brings me to my fourth question. How sophisticated can phishing attacks be? I mean, are there different methods of attacks uh, that, that target specific user groups or are ways that hackers utilize different technologies to sync their hooks? Perhaps you can elaborate a bit on that for our listeners, Jules. Yeah, there, there are a lot of different attack vectors and these attacks would depend on what goal the hacker is trying to achieve. Um, aside from your generic email phishing, um, there are attacks such as spear phishing, where mm-hmm. the attacker pretty much targets specific employees or managers within the company. Spear phishing emails will contain like a, min- a minimal amount of information about the target. These are already grabbed from, from um, open source platforms such as social media or other platforms, right? And, mm-hmm. and what makes this type of attack effective is that cyber criminals will, will then o- often pose as an employee. They could either be a manager or a partner company. Right. Um, now, mm-hmm. aside from spear phishing, there is also another phishing attack known as whaling. Whaling pretty much targets the big dogs of the company. So, so that would be your CEO, your CFO, and other executives. Hackers may also explore different social engineering attacks, such as vishing and smishing. Um, these are they, these are very common. So, if vishing is like phishing, but the difference is that this involves the attacker calling the victims or leaving a voice message in order to harvest the information that they need to. Vishing is voice messaging, right? Mm-hmm. Um, smishing is SMS. Uh, smishing is another 
social engineering attack, which is quite common nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I, I personally myself receive it about I, I receive about three to four smishing messages a week. And what smishing is, is it's when cyber criminals send you those text messages re- requesting for if information or having you click on a link that they have sent for, let's say, an e-transfer, right? Hey, yeah, yeah. Do, you, they, do, you, uh, do you smish them back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll smish you. <laughs> yeah. smish me, I'll smish you. I'm joking, of course. Yeah. Right. Thanks for that, Jules. Yeah. yeah so there's course. clearly a, a few different flavors of phishing attacks, and it's important to note that there's just not one vector. There's there's several, and and there's probably going to be more as you know technology uh, evolves. So exactly, many. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the next question I have for you. Many of our listeners who are familiar with phishing simulations may be wondering what the differences are between a covert and an overt phishing simulation. Can you describe the differences for our audience and what yeah. maybe are the advantages of both? Yeah, of course, Jim. So so in an overt phishing campaign, it is most likely that the employees, they're already aware that there there is a phishing simulation that is going to be conducted. We then observe the reactions of these users. And if a user, let's say, um, has clicked the link, um, those users then instantly receive a message, whether that is a landing page or a video saying, hey, you know, you know, you have been fished. Luckily, this is a phishing simulation sanctioned by by your company. So it sends that immediate message right away. Right. Right. And right. In a covert phishing simulation, no one in the company knows that they're fished or will be fished, aside from mm-hmm. one to two employees who have initiated the campaign in the client side. But for the most part, no one really knows that there is a phishing simulation that is going on. So so we then right. go in and craft those templates according to the client's request. And should they click the link attached to the phishing email that we send to the users, they are then taken to a landing page where we would want them to submit their credentials. Mm-hmm. And we go through this entire company collecting all these data, and then we then produce a report that is given to them at the end um, of the right. phishing simulation. Right, right. Yeah, I know. So just to, to bid on the advantages of both. So clearly, you know, of overt effort would, you know, where be one where everybody knows what's going on. I, well, let's just say when it happens, they know it's going on, right? So they click on that link, bam, they get a, a mat, the uh, landing page that opens up and says, this has been a phishing simulation sanctioned by your company. Luckily, this isn't the real thing. And here's some things to be aware of or a video that comes into play that goes through a uh, ransomware attack to let that viewer know what the dangers are of clicking that link. And then in covert would be, as you mentioned, just two people, one or two people on the inside that range this uh, managed phishing simulation is conducted, then the data is collected, and then they would take action, whether it be a teaching, whether it be follow up with training or something of that nature. So clearly there's advantages to both, and there's no real right way or wrong way to do this. It really depends on corporate culture and, you know, what the the end user client, the customer in this case, you know, wants to achieve, um, fair to say. So throughout the years, we've met hundreds of companies and the managed service providers and IT shops that service them. A common misconception of the customer is that their service providers taking care of their security. As it relates to phishing simulations, do you feel that there are enough to ensure that their customers are made aware of phishing attacks? Well, MSPs are now starting to realize, you know, the huge importance of of security. The underlying issue is that the the vast majority of these MSPs are 
are prepared to offer a phishing simulation service. As simple mm. as that. Um, mm. There are other phishing applications that are available. Um, some some of the ones that we are speaking to are not there yet, so to speak. So mm-hmm. so the answer to this question, Jim, is that no, they they could be doing more than what they are currently doing, but whether that could be using a phishing application or it could be partnering or engaging with companies um, who do offer that type of service, right? Right, right. So why are there not more MSPs and IT shops offering phishing simulation services? Yeah, and that's because security is a special spot of IT. It's like it's it's in its own island kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know, that's why mm-hmm. only a few people dispute that. Um, that is why there's only a few security people out there compared to other major roles, such as a system admin, per se, or a software mm-hmm. developer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these MSPs, while they provide a good arrangement of services and products, very few offer security, really. And mm-hmm. most and most of them realize that security is its own specialized industry. So that's why they don't offer phishing simulation services. Right, right. Yeah. And just to further touch on the point about security and the people providing it, like it's no secret. It's easily Googled, if you will, to find out where there is a extreme lack of security professionals, certified security professionals, not your IT guy who you call your security Mm -hmm. person. It's actually certified people that you know, work in that capacity of in security. And, and so I think because there's such a, a short coming of, of those folks, you know, a lot of MSPs would probably want to offer some sort of security service, consulting or other, but cannot because they simply can't find the people to operate or manage that that uh, security service or, or product. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the difference between an off-the-shelf or DIY application. So and an actual phishing simulation. So again, DIY off the off the shelf, you know, purchased online, you know, play and pray, so to speak, versus a actual managed phishing simulation that's conducted by security professionals there. Um, there have been several companies that have taken advantage of the demand um, in phishing simulations by creating apps that can be used to conduct phishing simulations. These are apps purchased on a subscription base and used by companies to conduct their own phishing simulations, kind of like scoring your own scorecard kind of thing without giving away our secret sauce can you explain to what extent a skilled hacker might go to to ensure the phishing emails hit their mark yeah of course and the main difference really jim is that an application is that it's just an application that's it and although Mm -hmm. there are some automated or semi-automated processes that that goes on inside that application um, that are relied upon Um, in other words you set it up you send and pray hoping that they work like how they are designed to. But unfortunately, that is not the case for most instances because in the real world, you know, hackers do not buy these applications to launch their phishing attacks. They they right. they manually craft these emails and landing pages by themselves. So the maximum effectiveness cannot be attained in an application or in a DIY product, really. Um, are they convenient? Yes. Uh, do they work flawlessly? No, not really. Yeah. Um, point. Yeah, and the managed phishing simulation service brings back that human element just as if a hacker would be doing it. In other words, we think like a hacker. We develop these templates like a hacker. We know what's going on right now to this day in the security market as far as whitelisting, um, how to get our phishing emails passed 
through the anti-phishing detection services, spam filters, and other services like that. And and we know how to craft these emails and landing pages in a way that that is the most deceitful way or best way to get it through. Um, <clears throat> the applications, uh, despite their convenience, are not as effective in creating unique mirrors of those images, right, of the emails or the landing pages that our guys are developing to get that email template or landing page created. It's just that there there's no comparison really it's like it's like if you think about it, it's like a knockoff right for example right, he, right. here is a template that's been developed by a hacker somebody who takes a lot of time to develop these templates to perfection and you take this template b right over here which is pretty much an aliexpress knockoff right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. does it look similar from afar yes but it, once you get closer it, it looks totally different Right. right. And and although it's a crazy comparison, because from the surface, yeah, like I said, you, you, oh, yeah, they, they, it looks like they, they both work, but we know they don't. Right. So if a customer is going to pay the money to have a phishing simulation conducted, I would much rather rely on a person that thinks like a hacker and goes to the detail to an extent like a like a real hacker does over using an application that I can set up, launch and hope that these emails are are gets out there at to to the intended targets and get the results that i paid for kind of thing right right well you're the key point is you know frankly as obvious as this, as this is maybe it's not thought about hackers don't use these apps they they don't go to an application vendor of phishing simulation say hey, i'm going to try this one out right if they truly want to get to where they want to go they're going to take the time uh, they're probably going to work as a team, keyword team, people involved in the team to craft these email templates and landing pages that are deceitful. They're the ones that are going to get past that person that's clicking on it, right? Because, you know, people are getting more aware, but still, you know, it's hard to ignore uh, a good uh, phishing simulation email that's crafted well. Like it's just the, the element of detail that goes into the from, you know, the, the colors, the fonts, the, the sizing, the spacing, the position of the logo, all of that stuff is so important because what it turns up not looking, you know, original, people will be skeptical and they may not mm -hmm. click on the link or submit that data or whatever it is. So it's really important. Yes, convenience for sure. Hands down, easy thing. But I mean, <laughs> what's the point? If you're having convenient emails sent out and, and are not hitting their target, you might as well just be sending them, you know, to yourself because exactly. that's the effect, right? Right on. So, without other way, um, I'd like uh, to ask you what you think the future of phishing looks like. <laughs> is it going to get better or is it going to get worse? Um, sorry to laugh. Sorry to laugh, <laughs> but it's it's a harsh reality. <clears throat> it is. It is, yeah. and that's why I myself like, yeah, I giggled there myself mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. but to answer your question absolutely it is going to get worse and worse over time um now you you must think about how crazy smart and motivated some of these cyber criminals are right they are mm -hmm. constantly learning and always trying to improve their skill and there may actually be already phishing attacks out there that are that are considered undetectable by person or by machine right and that's where you come in <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and that's where you can. Yeah. But all joking aside, you know, based on the stats that we see through our managed fishing simulations uh, historically, it's not getting any better. You know, people are, you know, people that take the training initially 
or pardon me, do the fishing simulations uh, initially, you know, they, they, a lot of them do poorly. Do you add some training to that? They increase their awareness. They lower the amount of clicks and, and data submissions, stuff like that. So we know the training in combination with the fishing simulation works. One without the other, I mean, have some advantages, but, you know, both together testing, you know, your, your training by doing the fishing simulations. You're also measuring the reactions of your staff members when you're conducting these fishing simulations, right? So you know if they're all super alert or they're falling asleep or whatever. And again, really, the harsh reality is, is that, listen, that's where the majority of the cyber attacks come through. 85% of the cyber attacks that come through are due to some sort of human error, right? Mm-hmm. So with that thought in mind, it's unlikely that, you know, attacks through phishing will go away uh, in, you know, anytime soon, as long as people still use emails, which probably will be in the foreseeable future anyway. <laughs> um, they'll be phishing t- attacks. It's the easiest segue into the corporate crown jewels. So, yeah, it's really important to recognize that. And today's podcast hopefully shed some light on the differences are between a DIY off the shelf and a managed phishing simulation. There are great quality companies out there that are providing these services and cannot be overlooked. You can, you simply cannot compare them. So we would urge that any of our listeners considering a phishing simulation, look for a managed phishing simulation, you know, managed by a company that actually knows what they're doing with that application. In our case, it's our own. So we do all of our stuff. Our platform is created by us, it's managed by us, is monitored by us. So, you know, we truly do know what we're doing. Uh, shameless plug there <laughs> for Secu Solutions. But yeah, so Jules, thanks very much. I really appreciate your time. You know, your your role and position is extremely important. Uh, it's a big part of our business. Um, and we enjoy uh, bringing awareness to uh, our customers, uh, both here in Canada and the U- United States, uh, through these managed fishing simulations and uh, the training. Yeah, and I appreciate it. We'll have you back again when uh, when things get worse. We'll maybe find out what's happened between now and, you know, a few months from now, let's say. Thank you very much, Jules. appreciate your time and now get back to work. (laughs) I appreciate it, Jim. Thank you for inviting me to this podcast. (laughs) You're welcome. Thanks, buddy. All right. And that's a wrap.